The following conversation originally aired April 14, 2022, on the Wednesday edition of The Point with Marianne Hart and Louise Kaplan on KPOV 88.9 High Desert Community Radio in Bend, Oregon. Our guest this morning is Redmond School District Superintendent Dr. Sharan Klein. Sharan came to the Redmond School District in July of 2020 from the Yamhill Carleton School District over in the Willamette Valley. He oversees a district of over 7,300 students. 13 schools, and a total staff of nearly 750 FTE. Welcome back to the Wednesday Point, Shran, and thank you for your time this morning. Well, thanks for having me on again, Louise. It's always fun. First of all, it's really hard to believe we haven't spoken to you since December, uh, I'm sorry, September 29th of last year. A lot has gone on in the district, and you've had a pretty interesting career in Redmond so far, to say the least. I was actually beginning to get worried about you. I hadn't seen your name in the media for at least a couple of weeks. March is in the history books, and the mask mandate is in the rearview mirror. Give us the Reader's Digest version of what went on with the mask mandate debate, protest, etc. Well, uh, you know, the school district kind of got caught in the crossfire of, of the political uh, situation and, and between Salem and how, how people feel about the mask mandates generally. Um, you know, we were the sort of the local agency having to enforce that with our with our students, uh, like it or not. And we had, you know, we were a handy foil for a lot of folks out there that were against the, uh, the governor's executive powers in this case. And, and, um, uh, you know, some of the folks out there really convinced, uh, large numbers of the, of the population that, the the governor was acting on unconstitutionally. Of course, that got worked out several times in, in a court, but the decisions didn't really matter to a lot of folks. They were, they were unhappy with it and they didn't like it, and including lots of members of my school board. My school board is very consistently against the mask mandates and wrote many letters to the, the Oregon Health Authority to try and eliminate those from our students and, and actually at one point passed a resolution to end the mask mandate early. So it's been an interesting experience. Uh, like I said, I've been kind of caught in the crossfire with it. Really, for our school district, if we would ignore any of these mandates, uh, we're talking about people whose licenses can be taken away, a huge amount of fines from OSHA, loss of federal funding, state funding. It was, it, it was a it was a tough place to be as a as a leader in the community. I'm kind of caught between several different constituencies. So, kind of like between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, except that they were grinding together, you know, <laughs> so with me in the middle. So, yeah, and a lot of our staff, right? We had, a, you know, this is not just me. I mean, all of our all of our staff members were feeling, and and you know, really, the school community was pretty equally divided on the issues as well. You know, people asked me at the very beginning of this pandemic. Uh, I remember I was sitting in a meeting with all of our bus drivers, and they asked me, "This is what I've just." just got here and being introduced. And they asked me what I thought the biggest threat to our school district was. And I told them then, and I, and I think this proved to be true, that our biggest threat was a lack of unity, uh, a lack of unity on on how to how to work with things. And I think that prediction played out pretty well over time, really uh, not having a single single mind or purpose around the, around the COVID response. It's been tough on the community, but tough on the school district. It has. You came to Redmond in, what was it, July of 2020? Yeah, July 1st. That's when all, all, so, all superintendent's contracts runs from the 1st to the 1st. So the 1st is a, to June 3rd. So you really haven't had a normal year. No, since uh, since spring break basically has been the first normal. So I'd say we'd have, uh, you know, a, about two weeks of normal right now, maybe. And uh, and that's that's been a um, different experience. I feel like I'm back uh, doing what I know how to do. The last two years, we've been kind of making it up and figuring it out along the way. Pivoting. Uh, 
Pivoting. There you go. There you go. That's a word that in our in our district, the last end of last year, we voted not to use ever again. The word oh, pivot. No kidding. No <laughs> kidding. Well, bring us up to date on what the district looks like now. What is the new normal at Redmond School District? We still have some COVID responses in place, but most of them are fairly invisible, right? I mean, we've shifted around our, um, and we did this at the very beginning, kind of our the way our um, ventilation systems work. They're built now to bring a lot more fresh air in uh, every day. They completely replace the, completely refresh the amount of fresh air in, which sounds like a good idea. It's tough on the heating bills, though, because you're bringing in that, that new air all the time. Uh, which is not how the, the systems normally work. So we've got that. We've got enhanced pr- uh, cleaning protocols. Uh, we bought lots of new chemicals and new equipment to disinfect things more often. Those those things continue. Um, we still try to keep students socially distanced as much as we can, but honestly, that doesn't happen as much as probably is, is necessary. But on the other hand, we've done a good job of controlling spread inside the schools, but we're no longer quarantining people and we're no longer isolating folks. If people are sick, of course, they have to stay home. People don't have to wear the masks anymore. It's still a recommendation from the CDC and the Oregon Health Authority, so we recommend it as well. And I'd say maybe 10% of our students and staffs are still wearing masks. You know, you still walk in and people are wearing it, and that's perfectly fine. And so in the transportation, it dropped off school buses, so people don't have to wear it there either. So it's it's really about free choice at this point. So schools look fairly normal. You know, the the attitude of the place, it feels fairly normal, uh, although we've got some bad habits to fix. So that that'll take a little time. Okay, now I'm curious. What are those bad habits? Well, I mean, it's a couple different things. I think that the biggest thing to bring out is attendance, right, attendance rates. And, um, you know, Redmond actually had attendance problems before the pandemic started, uh, getting kids to come, come to school regularly. And, uh, you know, that's that's a normal thing to work on. I actually brought... Just for example, today, I thought it was kind of fun since we we're talking about attendance this morning. I brought my great grandmother's report card from the sixth grade. I love this it. Is, this is, yeah, her name was Daisy Young, uh, and she went to the Graham Public School in Los Angeles County, California. And this is from 1913, 1914 school year. So this thing's 108 years old. And um, from the back of it, it had a message about attendance from the principal. I thought it would be fun to read on air today. Go for it. And uh, because uh, what, what is what is old, new is old again or old is new again? Uh, attendance. This is from uh, the principal. Um, yes, 100, 108 years ago. Parents should realize the necessity of regular attendance. Not only does this greatly benefit the child, but also regulates the amount of money a district gets. The Graham School lost several hundred dollars last year on account of absences, many of which were unnecessary. We respectfully urge all parents to cooperate with teachers to keep a high attendance. Sickness, of course, and rarely other reasons constitute good causes for absences. Please note that giving excuses, giving reasons are required for each absence. So what was true 108 years ago is true today. And, uh, and that's true of attendance as well. And so, and, and yes, they lost several hundred dollars, we, we lose hundreds of thousands of dollars to poor attendance because probably even millions because we are graded on our ADM, which is average daily membership. It's not just the amount of kids you have enrolled. It's the amount of time kids are actually there. We, you know, But we staff for fully having any full amount of students. But when we only have them show up at 89% rate, we're, we're taking a loss on that. Is that and, where we're at is 89%? Yeah, that, yeah. So right now, the, the average attendance for this year is 89%, uh, you know, average daily membership. And we have 40% of our students who are considered uh, by the state chronically absent. 
which means they've missed more than 10% of the school year. How does that stack up with other school districts in the state? Um, I think lots of schools are having that same problem right now. I mean, that's what I'm saying about bad habits. So in the pandemic, of course, you'd have you'd be sending kids home for 10 days at a time because they're sick, right? Or you're sending kids home, we're isolating them because they may have been exposed. Uh, and we have online resources for kids to do. And the, the online resources often doesn't build itself to regular hours, right? Coming in at a regular time, you kind of do the work when you need to do the work and you go through it. So it's a, the idea of working at home as opposed to, you know, working at work, a really a very similar thing with our students. But, you know, as far as being successful in school, uh, consistency really counts, you know, it makes an enormous difference when you're there every day, uh, you're working forward every day. In fact, a lot of universities are even dropping, um, dropping entrance requirements with SATs and ACTs because they're not finding a lot of correlation between those successes and how students do at school, right? But what does matter is grade point average, because grade point average indicates how hard students work. It indicates also how often they're there. So it's that regular habits. So we're working right now to just put the word out there to remind parents and kids, be at school every day, because being at school every day matters. It really matters to kind of your overall success over time. We were talking about COVID. Uh, Yeah. Any students still participating in distance learning, or is that even still an option? Yeah, we've, uh, we have our, our uh, RSD Flex program, which is our online program. Um, and yeah, we're, we're going to maintain that in the next year too, not just as a, not just as a, as an option for COVID, but there are many, many students out there for lots of reasons who need or want to get their education in a, in a more flexible way. Um, and for those, we can work with parents that want to educate their kids at home. We have an aspect of it that's for homeschooling. It's called Flex Unplugged, and that has books that we give and, and teachers to kind of oversee that and work with parents. Uh, we have the same thing with digital curriculum that we offer. Now, we think uh, RSD Flex is an important part of our educational mix for people, but it takes people who are committed to that amount of self-discipline. People um, people really are successful or not successful based on how much they engage into it. And if we have a student in there who's who's perhaps they want to be educated at home, but are only doing 10% of the work, uh, which happens, and then we work on trying to bring those folks back into the brick and mortar buildings. But I think the I think the flex program is part of the future of education. Online is, is part of that, you know, and it creates a little more of a flexible environment for people that are looking for that. I'm curious. The high school graduation rate in the state of Oregon is, as of the 2021 school year, at 80.6%, down just a couple of points from previous years, which is not surprising. Meanwhile, Redmond's graduation rate is at 86%. Is that also a decrease, or what's happening? It is. It's a little bit of a drop. We're uh, we were, we were up. We were getting close to 90. We're still working hard for that. Um, it's a uh, it's important to us. You know, the graduation rate ultimately is what is sort of the final grade, if you will, for our both our students and our schools. And the idea, are we sending kids out into the world to be successful? There's always a, a crew of kids who are on the ragged edge uh, at the last minute. You're working hard to help them complete their credits, complete the requirements they need. So it's a little bit of a drop. We are actually worried right now with um I've had a lot of kids miss a lot of credits over this over this COVID. Uh, we're in catch-up mode right now. So, we're, you know, we did summer school last year for catch-up. They just passed another bill uh, giving us more money for summer school this year. Uh, and that'll be focused on students that really need to get caught up to get their graduation back on track. You know, the flexible environment, you know, people talk about this idea of all school could be online in the future and we can get rid of schools. But 
what this massive experiment has shown us is that a lot of people just need the support. Uh, they need the community to stay in school and and be successful. We had a lot of kids just sort of opt out. And so we have folks that are behind. And so we're working hard. Kids are working hard. Teachers are working hard to bring people back uh, but I would predict that we may have a drop in graduation rates next year uh, before we can get fully recovered. We're working hard at it. Uh, I mean, our, our high school staff will just, you know, they'll, they'll they'll kill themselves to try and make sure that all of our kids are are graduating. But um, we, had, we have some significant distance to make up. You mentioned money. Last May, voters approved a $27.5 million bond measure for Redmond School District. Yeah. How are these funds being used? It had two big projects. One was an, uh, an addition at Vern Patrick Elementary, uh, adding a wing onto that. And one was adding a wing over at Tom McCall Elementary. Both projects have been in planning uh, for the course of this year. We've had, uh, you know, as you know, prices are skyrocketing with construction. And so we've had to do a couple of redesigns to try and bring everything in under budget. We're finally ready. We'll be breaking ground on both those buildings um, come summertime. We've already broken ground on the remodels at the Obsidian Middle School, re- remodeling kind of the office area and how kids enter there, doing a real upgrade in security there. We started that um, Griffin Construction is working for us. They're a local company, and they are, um, they've got it all walled off in there and are, are tearing up the inside of the school as we've relocated a lot of things. And, and so that'll be ready uh, to go by the fall. Meanwhile, we're doing redoing roofs. We've got a roof project at the Redmond High we're doing. We've got a roof project at Atumalo Elementary, redoing heating systems and um, fairly extensive uh, heating system remodel at, at Hugh Hartman Elementary. So lots of work is kind of in progress. Not all of it's super visible, but the real visible parts will get going this summer. Last time we were together, you talked to us about the then new program, BRIGHT, B-R-Y-T, Bridge for yeah. Resilient Youth in Transition. Yeah. Remind us again what this program does to help our kids. Sure. So the BRIGHT program, it works with students who are emotionally dysregulated, students who maybe have experienced trauma in their lives, students who sometimes uh, put in a stressful situation will really strike out, disrupt classrooms, tear things up, cause us to have to clear classrooms, that kind of thing. So Bright is a program to work with students who need some extra help learning how to behave in a civilized environment. <laughs> so they learn, they learn strategies of how to control temper, uh, learn strategies of how to deal with issues when maybe they have a, a trauma response to something. But really, it's about learning specific skills to control their own behavior, uh, and control how they interact with other kids. So we've got a classroom in each of our K-8 rooms, so K- elementary and middle. We have got a fairly heavy staff presence in there, and students are utilizing it. So far, it's been pretty successful. Uh, have, you seen, have you seen more behavioral problems since COVID? Well, yes, but not in that category necessarily. We've had more behavioral problems around everywhere, COVID has definitely created a created a um, disrespect of authority. I don't know how else to put it uh, through all of our society. I mean, you've seen that in airlines, you've seen that with police and all that kind of thing, right? We're experiencing that same thing in schools. And so, but we're beginning to get students sort of back on track. But the bright programs are for students who are who have a, a deeper set of issues. COVID definitely didn't help anything, but it didn't necessarily cause the problems either. Sharan, if our listeners want to find out more about Redmond School District, where can they go? Well, we've got a lot of these things on our website. You don't have to dig very far. Uh, you can look look at our websites, uh, find out lots of details about every aspect of our school, everything from budgets to, to policies, to school board meetings, 
Uh, it's, it's a pretty good clearinghouse. Uh, and then, of course, if they don't know, they can always uh, ask the principal and they can tell them more. Or ask me if they need to. Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. KPOV is community radio for the high desert of Central Oregon. For more information and our program schedule, go to kpov.org. We value your feedback. Drop us a note at podcast at kpov.org.